This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Okay, Anna, I'm going to do a word association. What do you think of when I say Natalia Laforcade? Uh, Reina, uh, uh, effervescent, uh, inspiration, beautiful ray of sunshine. <laughs> De todas las flores que sembramos, solo quedan unas encendidas. We've been a fan of hers here at Alt Latino for years, as have so many other people, and We're talking to her this week because she has her new album with her first blast of original material in seven years. It's called De Todas Las Flores. De todas las lunas que miramos Solo quedan algunas memorias Cuando nos reímos Cuando nos tuvimos for anyone who is like unindoctrinated into the Natalia legacy, like you have to understand that she is truly like a presence, a beloved, not just artist, but I think it's fair to say individual as well. I think in Mexico and, and, and across Latin America and She's had this really incredible broad history of like starting in the pop world and then totally pivoting and going to to the old stuff. I mean, I can't think of many other artists that have done this like her. One of the things that she did during the last seven years is that she reached back into Mexican music history to record two records of music that gave tribute to the great ranchera singer Chabela Vargas. She even recorded those albums with some members of the band and went on tour, even did a tiny desk for us here at NPR Music. Then she did two albums worth of Mexican folk music with an all-star list of vocal collaborators. Truly some of the best. And picked up a whole armful of Latin Grammy and Grammy nominations and wins in the process. And, you know, she's not been sitting around for the last seven years. We were lucky enough to actually get to sit down with her in this wild, another wild pivot moment in her life, right? Where she's been reaching back to the the work of the greats and now she's really looking forward and, and making music as almost a new Natalia. I like to think about the songs like little humans that have wings and they fly whatever they want. With Asa La Raiz, has been like that. At first, it was something very, very intimate, personal. It was my musical diary at the moment, all biographical. And I never imagined that, like how much people take a song and it becomes theirs. It becomes everyone's. I think that is beautiful. But I didn't think that before because I never experienced that so strongly. So with Hasta La Raiz, that happened and that let me have a view of that fact in music. 
And now it's a different moment, but it's also me and it's also a period of time in my life. Like I found this music like from years, like that was like waiting. The songs were like, okay, I hope she can she record us because we've been waiting for a long time. It felt like that. So it's a new moment and I am so happy to see what happens. Aquel espacio construido en la ilusión. Y dime cómo, dime cómo hago para respirar. You said all of that stuff was just sitting there, just waiting for you to rediscover while you were recording other music. You even did that amazing performance in the film Coco, right? Yeah. What was that songwriting process like? Did you learn, for example, from all those other composers whose songs you were singing on those other albums? Yeah. Did you learn anything about the process of songwriting that inspired you? All that music was a school for me. I was learning things consciously and unconsciously. At certain point, I was writing music, but it wasn't because I wanted to release an album. I realize that now, right? For me, writing songs is a way of letting go emotions. That's my very personal process through music to relieve my emotions. There was a point I was wondering if I was ready to record an album that was only my music. And I, yeah, a friend of mine was telling me that. Like, he was saying, like, you know, I really like what you do and all the projects that you've been through, but I am starting to really miss Natalia very much. Like, you're not doing any project that is only your music or something that comes just from you. I'm so curious about hearing what you have. Him saying that, since I admire him so much, that was like a moment that even I felt very like... <gasps> Oh my God, I don't have any music. I haven't done anything. And it wasn't true, right? Because then, like two weeks after that conversation, I was like, I'm sure I have something. Like, it's been a while since I don't do this. So, and I went to my cellular and I went through the years. And then I was like, wow, there is something here. There is something here. I mean, it's not all that the album, because that was just the starting point of making a new album that was my music. Natalia, like, you are a singer-songwriter. You're, like, an acclaimed singer-songwriter. What caused you to get it in your head that you shouldn't be or wouldn't be writing songs? At the moment, I was very into all the projects that I was doing. I was so happy and so into that that I wasn't thinking about the new music and all that. That's why I called the album Of All The Flowers, De Todas Las Flores, because it felt like going back to my inner garden, to that very personal space that I needed to revisit. But I didn't realize at certain point in my career how much I needed to go back to my own music, to my own way of writing a, a song or, or making an arrangement or music. I was doing that, but mixing many other things outside. So the, this time, the Todas las Flores was about 
an inner journey. It was inside. Pajarito colibri, no tengas miedo de salir. Hoy el mundo quiere que despiertes para ser feliz. Pajarito colibri, no tengas miedo de So what did you discover about yourself and who you are now? It was very beautiful rediscovering the songs, learning the songs, you know. It was a process, and that was beautiful. Just me, my guitar again, like not too many people around because it was a pandemia also, so that helped me to really face that silence and to really take care of that garden myself. I was dreaming about working with people that I admire a lot and that also would be friends and very close to me and it will be a different experience. Then you try, right, to, how do you say this in English? Este, como reinventarme, como to reinvent. I'm learning English. I can't. I still am. If you're learning. learning English, I'm learning English too. Awesome. <laughs> so, so learn. <laughs> so yeah, to reinvent yourself as an artist, it's, that's. I found it so challenging to to do that. Then I was thinking about Adan Khodorovsky as a producer. I called him and he said, "Yes, let's do it." We were exchanging WhatsApps for almost a year, he was asking me, like, send me a song, send me a song. Then I was, like, just sending, like, one or two songs a week because I really wanted him to take the time to really listen to the music and to understand what I was sending to him. So it was a very, very slow process, step by step. Like, I wasn't in a rush, and I love that. Do you feel like... Now that you have gone back to that part of yourself, looking back on those seven years where you were kind of away from that, do you feel differently about that time? Does that sit differently with you? Yeah, it felt different because every time is different, right? For me, there is a moment when the music is telling me what to do. It's like an energy that is just like knocking the door and saying like, get out of my way because I'm coming. Yo quiero luz de luna Para mi noche triste Para pensar divina la ilusión que me trajiste Para sentirte mía, mía tú como ninguna Pues desde que te fuiste no he tenido luz de luna Pues desde que te fuiste no he tenido luz de and it's beautiful to get there. This time for me was amazing to set up all those little details and different things in order to be ready to receive this music, you know, like wonderful musicians around this incredible studio, Sonic Ranch, this space, like the tape machine. I always wanted to make an album all live, playing at the same time without metronomo, with the tape machine on. So there was so much adrenaline in every track because it was going to be that track, you know. It's going to be, okay, 
ready to start and rolling and then you just go and and it was only like 12 days with the musicians and the band and it was about reading our ourselves and it was about sharing the music and being there in the service of the music so that was really beautiful for me to go back and doing it in this way the guitar player of the album is one of my favorite guitar players and it's mark ribot He was saying, like, it's so wonderful to see how music and how the real magic that happens in very little time moments. Like, it's a very, very small amount of time that you are going to reach that magic that it's actually the spirit and the essence of, of an album or of a song or whatever you do. That time is really hard to get to that point. So it's so, I see it now, like it's so interesting to see all the things that happen around in order to have that, that moment. And you have that live, you have that in the concerts. You can experience that in a live concert. But in the studio, it can be different ways. The thing that happens with music, of course, it is like that. Like, you don't know when it's gonna come. I'm so glad you mentioned Mark Rabot. He's one of my favorite guitar players out yeah. there because he really makes this record stand out. And it's a great way to reintroduce us or to come back with the original yeah. music because he always seems to find the essence of the musicians he's performing with, and then he complements that. He doesn't take over, and that's exactly what he does on this record. Yeah, he's, he's a master. It's really about the music. It's really about the songs and the lyrics and what you're trying to build by putting other elements around. But it's about getting into a mood that you want to create. And when you have all the musicians around, you're creating that mood all together. So it's, it's like a dance. So it, I, I found it beautiful. We'll be back with this interview with Natalia Laforcada right after this break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Bluehost. Try Bluehost Cloud, the hosting plan made for WordPress creators by WordPress experts. With 100% uptime, fast load times, and 24-7 support, your sites can handle high traffic spikes. Visit Bluehost.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast, with Progressive, it is. Just visit their website to get a quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. Then, just choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us find climate solutions. But just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy. Training ChatGPT, for instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's climate conundrum. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Going back seven years ago to when you kind of stopped creating in this way for yourself and started leaning on the work of of other people and building something beautiful out of that, what made you decide to go to the works of other artists from before and kind of start making their music into something? What initially inspired that? It was the fact that I was loving listening to that music. When we were touring Hasta la Raiz, I don't remember exactly where, but it was a hotel someplace. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> yeah, and I was listening, I was listening to Chabela Vargas in the room, and I was like going through this ritual. <laughs> and I remember listening to the music and saying like, I love this music. It has so much spirit. It's so, so profound and deep. And I never experienced singing this. And I, I want to try. So then I was like picking certain songs on Spotify and I was just doing a playlist and I was just trying to see how that sounded in my voice. And I was thinking like, it's really hard to sing this. It's not so easy music. This is something else. So I said, I think I need to learn this. I think I need to connect to this energy and, and, and this music. So that, that turned on my curiosity to, to keep listening to other composers and writers. So many women that I was recognizing and, and saying like, this is Spanish and beautiful and it's like a Ella Fitzgerald but it's not Ella it's una Toña La Negra it's una Lupe it's, I don't know like I was just connecting to all this music that I, I didn't in the past I just felt I needed to really go through the process of learning and knowing and that made me say I want to record a tribute Natalia, I'm so glad you mentioned Ella Fitzgerald because I think that there's a through line, right? There's a continuation, una conexión between somebody like the great ranchera singer Chabela Vargas, who you pay tribute to on one of your records, the way Chabela interpreted other people's songs. And the way, for example... Somebody like Ella Fitzgerald and the great jazz vocalist that I know you love so much. Yeah. The way they interpret songs. That's part of the art of jazz singing, that song interpretation. Yeah. You know, I saw Ella Fitzgerald once, and she did the Burt Bacharach tune, A House Is Not A Home. And I've heard a million versions of that song, but when she did it, it completely devastated me because I was in my feels, right? I was experiencing that moment through her interpretation. And I think that's exactly what you did when you did music composed by other people. It was beautiful to do that because when you're young, you want everything to happen very fast. 
And it doesn't mean it's a wrong thing. No, I was learning to get into the timing, into the mood, to really be able to interpret this music. I had to live, literally, like to live and bring all these aspects of life into my interpretation so that I could approach the real spirit of the music that I was trying to to sing. It let me understand how much that music is like a huge landscape of possibilities. It is so amazing to hear you say that because you talk about this lesson that you learned of taking it slow and here you are earlier in this interview telling us like, yeah, this took so much time and care and thought and it's just so clear to see where you learned that Mm. and how you've now grown to doing that with your own songwriting. It's Mm. incredible. (laughs) How did the experience of the last seven years, because it's been seven years since you put out an album of original material, how did all those experiences impact your performance on the new material, stuff you wrote? Are we hearing a different Natalia than you were seven years ago? For me, this time, it was very important to try new things, to reinvent myself, to take music in a different way, the chance to, to make a different painting, you know? It, it felt like that. It was like, okay, I'm going to go into the studio and I want to do things differently than before. I was having this conversation with Adan, and we were saying, okay, what do we do? Okay, first, it's going to be my music, okay? No duetos, no duetos. Then the tape machine, that was very strict rule for us. Like, everything is going to go like analog, tape machine, like in the old times. There was a day when the computers at my house, in the studio in my house, they didn't, uh, how you say? They crashed. They they crashed. So we had to get a console to put the, the machine into that, and that was the only thing that we have only the machine. So that was really special for us because we wanted to, to record an album that way. So I don't know, for for reason, Destiny gave us that experience. Like we were actually recording the music like in the old times when you weren't able to see on a screen what the music looks like in colors and tracks. Literally, it was like, okay, we can't, Redo, we can edit or we can do any of that. It's, it's just the music in there and hopefully it's okay. <laughs> hopefully this is good. Ay, eso sí que me aterra. Muerte, haber mirado a la muerte. Es que hoy camino la vida con la fe y el alma encendida. So for me, it was about Having a new experience, I think I really wanted to feel like it was the very, very first time of doing music. I am, like, trying so hard in life right now to let the universe just carry me. I'm like, just follow what feels good and just listening to you talk. Every decision you have made in your music, in life, you've just followed what feels good. Just you're like, I don't know if this is going to be something I publish. I don't know if it's going to be something other people will hear, but it's just something I need to do. And that's just like 
so inspiring. It really is. Oh, thank you. I think that's something we all should try, right? Why not? Of course, there's moments you find yourself, I find myself being like very anxious and very like, <gasps> my God, what is going to happen? You know, when I listen to the album, I remember the day we listened to the whole album that we just record the last song and all the musicians and Avan, we all were just silence. They didn't say anything for like, five seconds or something, but that felt eternity. It was like those five seconds were like, mamma mia, que acabo de hacer, o sea, I was so nervous and so, como dices, como freaked and como aterrada, no? O sea, is this going to be okay in my career? Is this going to connect? Is this going... I mean, there is seven-minute songs. It's very long introductions of the songs and very long endings of the music, and I never done this, and I am improvising with the musicians, with the band. We're just playing, but, I mean, that, that's not the way certain music is done these days, and maybe this is not going to work. Or I was having so many different things going on, like, in my mind, and then the band, they, they, they didn't say anything, so I was like, <gasps> nobody's saying a word, and there's nothing we can do because, I mean, it's all done. They're leaving tomorrow early in the morning. And this is it. Then I thought, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, it's something that I needed to do. And it was something that, that I embraced for myself. And I went back to that reason and decision that I made. I really recommend <laughs> to, I don't know, to try things. It's good to try new things. <laughs> Cuidaremos tu memoria en regocijo, Nicolás, que las olas rompan, que se lleve el viento nuestro llanto y dolor, Nicolás, que tormentas I have to tell our listeners that we're recording this on tape, but we're also recording this by Zoom so that Anna and I can see each other. And Anna, I got to say, you were sitting there, you were transfixed. You were transported to some other place. And I could tell just by the expression on your face during that conversation. She was like speaking to my soul. I was like, I kid you not, this is something in this moment within me that I'm wrestling with, right? Like, you know this feeling. I'm like at this moment in my life where I'm like, how do I just embrace pursuing what feels good? And she is, to hear how just like unwavering she is in like this quest of just being herself. Like at every point, at every pivotal moment in her life, she was like, yeah, I just needed to do this thing. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a record, if it was going to ever see the world, if it was going to be for me, for me and my family. But I just knew 
that I had to do it. Even when that moment, oh my God, what did she say? She's in the studio and she's panicking. Like, what's everyone going to think? And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, actually, it doesn't matter because it needed to be made. And I think that's what has attracted us to her music. And I think what makes people so connected to her music Mm -hmm. is because her message is so universal. You know, a lot of people are going through the same thing. She just happens to be in a place, as many artists are, you know, they're living their life sort of publicly. And so these things that you and I go through privately or that we share with amongst our friends or family, a lot of times these musicians have to go through this in a very public way. And they deal with it through songwriting. They deal with it through their art and their craft. And it's incredible, too, for someone like her who really did get into this industry, into this life, like you're talking about, this very public life, like at a pretty young age. In a way, her leaning into these older sounds, these ancestral sounds, I feel like it was almost a course correction that someone like her would have to make in order to find a way to ground themselves in in a life like that, right? Like to be in it so young you'd have to figure out how to make it work. Most people don't, I think. Most artists can't. And she, like, not only figured out a way to do it, but figured out a way to, like, thrive and blossom and be this amazing, inspirational, captivating artist that she is today. And when you consider that she started so young, I mean, she was 17 when she got her first record contract and she was doing pop music. And she's gone through all of this stuff and she's produced all this amazing music. It just really astounds me that we have so much more to expect from her in addition to all the stuff that she's created so far. And I think the sky's the limit in terms of what we can expect from her in the future. You know what I mean? And then also to add to that, that she's so unconcerned about what that means. She's not sitting here like, oh, my prospects are just unlimited, like, boundless. She's just sitting here like, well, I don't know. I did this thing. I'll do another thing. Just got to keep going, keep making, do what feels right. I'm paying attention. And we have to keep making podcasts because that's the end of this one. (laughs) You've been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills. Our audio editor is Ron Scalzo. Our production assistant is the great Fee O'Reilly. And the woman who keeps things running on time is Grace Chung. And of course, thanks to Jefe-in-Chief, Keith Jenkins, VP of Music and Visuals. You've been listening to All Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. And I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. See you next week. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Get your quote at progressive.com and see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL. Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.